テンション。Welcome to the land of long live play, where greatness is always waiting. Welcome to the PlayStation Experience. Joining me on this fine Sunday morning, all the way from Canada, is Miss Haley Nicole Miller. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, just work's been work. Uh, found out I actually have to work today after we record, so that's a it's a little bit jarring being up so early and then working late at night. I uh, got my first. Solo win in Fortnite this this morning, um, and then uh, yeah, not much else than that. Pretty close to that Fall of Four Platinum, and uh, I just want to, uh, to to give a shout out here to uh, to my buddy Stone over on Twitter, uh, Stone Knight One, uh, who decided all on his own to start promoting our show for us. So thanks to him for that. That's awesome. We we really appreciate all of the promotion that we get from any of our listeners. We just Really want to make this a great place uh, for all the PlayStation news and just build a nice little community here. So we definitely appreciate that, Stone. Uh, let us know how you like the show as well. Give us some feedback. Follow us on Twitter and tell us what's up. Also joining me, of course, is uh, the Florida man himself, all the way from the Dirty Dirty South, Mr. Delvin Cox. How's it going, bro? Doing good, brother. Doing good. Everything is super good, man. I can't. No complaints. Super positive. Long weekend. You know, my grandmother's birthday was this weekend. Listening to the feedback from the podcast made me happy. A lot of people reached out to me in private and said their concerns, feedbacks, and mostly positive stuff. So, awesome! Super happy about awesome. that. Awesome. That's so always how, a good how sign. Old is, how old is your grandmother? Eighty years old. Very nice. It's a, Very nice. It's a good life. Yeah, absolutely. Eighty years old. She looks like yeah. she's fifty. So that's a great thing. Hey, that's the best there thing. It is. There it is. So, yeah, I appreciate all the feedback that everyone's give, giving us. Um, I know we had a little bit of audio issues uh, last week, but hopefully we have uh, solved that. Uh, we will clean that up and get our audio sounding real, real nice and real professional. But, of course, you know, it's the PSVG way to launch a show and have it sound real weird because, you know, we just we wouldn't do it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's jump right into it. So, um. What have you guys been up to this week? What have you been playing? What, what's been going on in your lives? We'll start with you, Haley. What's, what's, what's been going on? Uh, you know, I, um, I've been playing, uh, as those who follow me on Twitter know, I've been working on that Fallout 4 Platinum in the lead up to The Outer Worlds. Um, managed to reach level 50, which was one of the last trophies I needed. Got, got down to one trophy left. I just need the bobblehead trophy like the 20 so i only have seven of those left but uh then fortnite new season came out and i jumped in and i made the foolish mistake of uh you know you know buying the battle pass so 
Here I am having to jump back into the world of Fortnite every day to justify the money I spent on it because I am uh, not the smartest turkey in the box. Um, yeah, other than that, I've just uh, I started rewatching a show uh, that I watched a couple years ago, Bitten. So okay. it's about werewolves. So it's pretty cool. So Very that's cool. about Very it. Cool. What about you, Delvin? What what have you been gaming this week? Haven't still been doing much gaming. Still been really busy, but <laughs> I purchased a couple of games. I purchased um, The Witcher Three on Switch. Surprisingly, ooh, because I, I played it on PS4. And I loved it on PS4, but the thing about The Witcher is it's such a long game. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't gonna finish it on PS4 because, it's like I said, to get the full grasp of story is like two hundred hours. But I felt like with Switch, I'll have time to sit down and play it, and when I'm Doing other things, I can play The Witcher and things like that. And I also bought, which I will probably report back next week on how on how it is, Concrete Genie. Okay, cool. How does uh, I know this is a PlayStation show, but how does how does The Witcher run on the Switch? Just because I've been seeing reports from people that it uh, it uh, it does. <coughs> sorry, excuse me. It does not run well. Is that uh, is that true or? So far, I haven't had any problem with it. I haven't had any problems at all with it. A couple of times, it gets a little choppy. But it's nothing where it's like, oh, this is unplayable. It's not like um, the WWE 2K, what it was, 18, that came on the Switch and it was uh, just unplayable. Oh. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. It's it's kind of what I expect. I'll probably say it looks like um, the cutscenes, from what I saw, look pretty good. Uh, even though I, play, I played it on my TV, so that could be the... The TV itself, just a good TV, but the cutscenes look yeah. pretty good, and um, it played decently. It played like Witcher. If I was to say anything, it probably looks like a PS3 version of The Witcher, which I'm fine okay. with. Okay. It's not like I'm trying to like get the well, I I mean, on Switch, knowing fully well what I was getting into. Yeah, right. you're you're playing on the Switch. We know it's uh it's gonna be up there. So yeah, so interesting. So do you think that you're going to have a better shot at actually finishing this game unless you're going to have it on the Switch? It can be portable. You can take it on and just jump in whenever. Yeah, I think I will because, um, I like I said, I have more time to like when I'm not doing things. Like even when I'm waiting to podcast, I can just sit there and play The Witcher for 10 minutes and just, right. and just put it away and things like that. And when I go out of town or things like that, because next year I plan on going out of town to a lot of different events for uh, podcasting and stuff like that. So I'll be taking it with me there. And, I, and I, like I said, I like the game that much. And it, if it was right. any other game, I probably wouldn't do it. But because I like The Witcher so much, I like the lore of the story and things like that, I, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly buy this one again. It's only only other game I felt like that with, with um, is Nino Cooney. Oh, okay. So when they re- re-released that one, I bought that one again for the Switch and I bought it for PS4 because I wanted to see the, how it looked up res. But that's a beautiful looking game. And I, that's one of my favorite yeah. games of all time. I wish we could get like the cross save with that kind of stuff because that would be great if you could actually just have a save in the cloud that would transfer between your Switch and PS4. That way, you could have just picked up where you left off on The Witcher. That'd be so uh, nice. That'd be fantastic yeah, for me. That was one of those games that it's it's really good and I'm really into it when I'm playing it. But when I step away from it for like a week and I try to come back to it, I'm like, what am I doing again? That's uh controls. That's like my Ugh. biggest pet peeve though too, because like. They released, like, the Complete Edition on the PlayStation uh, and yeah. the Xbox, and I'm assuming that's the version that's out on Switch. Yes, um, that's I, I, of course, I, of course, don't have one, so I can't, uh, can't check check that out. Um, but 
the the trophy lists and your save data aren't compatible with each other, and it's just like so. If you want to play it again with only having one thing downloaded instead of thirty six, um, to save yourself some space, um, you got to start your save all over again. Wow, that's crazy. well. One thing I will yeah. say that I do like is the Switch version. If you want to, you can just play the expansions by themselves. You, you can do that on console too. It gives you the option when you start it. Um, but even still, like I said, like uh, your your trophy list not compatible. Your that sucks. Your uh, your save data not compatible, and that's just that's a bummer. That's weird. They probably should fix that. Well, they're not gonna fix it now because yeah, it's crazy. Game, but they should have fixed yeah. that. Dang, so it's a whole separate trophy list too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Not that I'd ever so. be able to platinum it just because, like, I am not good at Gwent, and uh, there's a couple of trophies related to that. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I have a friend who uh, who played, who got The Witcher and literally just played Gwent. Like, got to that part and then never did anything else but played Gwent. Just like I, ha- I have the same homeboy who uh, played uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, and once he found poker, that was all he played in Red Dead Redemption. Just poker. Just not, didn't play any other game, just poker. Just like you <laughs> bought Red Dead and used it as a poker sim, what kind of shenanigans? Yeah, that's baffling. <laughs> I uh, I've never played poker, and I am not good at digital poker, so yeah, it's not a game for me. That I, I I just don't have the, the the patience or desire to play poker at all. No. Um, as for me, what I've been doing this week, this week has been a long week for me. Um, just anniversary of my my grandmother-in-law's passing and that's been tough so we've just been kind of just really busy this week um only thing i've really played is uh destiny 2 we actually got into the raid uh got to the final boss uh friday night uh but just couldn't take it down and then uh had a couple of homeboys over this weekend we built a built my homeboy a pc so that was a lot of fun uh and just played some destiny that was really about it my whole week has been fixing computers, building computers, and playing a ton of Destiny. That's really all I've been doing this week, but it's been fun. It's been a, a good, uh, I guess, distraction or breakup from just going through the motions of uh, reliving yeah. my grandmother's passing. Uh, but that's been about it for me. Um, so let's let's jump into the message of the week. We actually do have a couple of messages in our grab bag. Um, thank you for sending those in. You can always send us any kind of feedback or messages at PlayStation Experience on Twitter. Uh, just send us any questions you have, any any feedback. Let us know what, what's good. So our, our first question actually comes from at Super Nintendo on Twitter. This was actually a question from last week that I wanted to save for this week. Uh, is it cross or is it X? It's been a lot of back and forth and discussion on this. PlayStation has their stance. Sony has actually come out and say what they say the button is. But what do you guys call it? Uh, it's it's X, and anybody who uh, <laughs> who who says anything otherwise should uh, probably uh, you, you know dunk their head in a pool uh, to keep it family friendly. <laughs> what do you think, Devin? I don't see how this is even a conversation. I don't know why people. I don't know why like. For all these years, everybody's been calling the X, and now PlayStation wants to be like, "No, it's Cross. Get out of here with that PS." <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't recall the Xbox controller having the X button as the Cross either. So you know, that's uh, so. That's not what we want. I'm gonna just go ahead and say these are the sacred symbols, people. It is triangle, 
circle, cross, and square. Sony has called it the cross button since PlayStation 1. It's always been the cross button. Nope. They're the sacred symbols, people. This is a PlayStation podcast. It is the cross button. You can call it X all you want. I'm okay with that. But uh, lore-wise, it's the cross button. That's like the whole situation with GIF and GIF. <laughs> where Or uh, Berenstein Bears or Berenstein Bears. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes the creators potato, wrong. potato, tomato, tomato. It's whatever. Yeah. You know. You, you know, gotta throw a little <laughs> gotta, gotta throw a little Mandela effect in there. Yeah. <laughs> well there you have it. We uh if the majority wins, it's the it's the X button. So there you go, Super Nintendo bet Super Nintendad. It is the X button. We'll go ahead and lay that to rest. Our next question comes in from Donnie on Discord. So uh, this is a this is a long one. Get your thinking cap on. Alrighty. Do you think the PS5 and Scarlet might build upon streaming and sharing video games? Like, how will the share button with the share button set up last gen? Um, he has to think that they're going to have better equipped gamers to share their experiences with better, more capable hardware. Uh, he's thinking like maybe you know the the themes if you have the dashboard themes or whatnot yeah being able to actually add an overlay ability when you actually stream so if you know how you have your streamers they'll have their overlay with their donate here and they'll have like all their graphics or whatnot he's saying maybe ps5 or scarlet or, or any any of the next gen systems will have some kind of overlay situation that you can have built in so when you hit the go live button um on your controller you can already have a set setup feed overlay for your for your stream um, and just maybe some other options to maybe customize your experience a little bit more, more like PC. So, what do you, what do you guys think about that? Let's start with you, Devin. I know you don't care about the the, the tech stuff. But what do you what do you think about this? <laughs> I think it's a cool concept. I, I don't know if PlayStation is going to do it. PlayStation is kind of weird about certain things like that. Where they're either the first to something, or they'll get to something and make it and improve on it. But they improve on it at a point where nobody cares about it anymore. Like a give perfect example the um the Wii remote and the Move controllers. <laughs> the the yeah. Move controller obviously obviously is a better controller. It works better, but by the time they yeah. made that, nobody cared about it. <laughs> and, it's, and I think that's kind of how it is. I think Microsoft be more likely to do something like that, especially with when you look at all the streams and stuff. How they get in bed with streaming and things like that. And they're yeah, really like into that mixer, mixer and things like. I see. I can see them doing something like that and going full mm. gear into it and then PlayStation kind of following along and making their version of it. But I, like I said, I don't see PlayStation themselves doing it any justice at this at the time of the launch of the PS5 at least. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nicole? What do you, what do you think? Uh, y- you know, um, it's it's got to be it's got to be maybe for me because I don't think PlayStation's going to want to put the effort in for that. I mean, like, if you use the streaming now and you have the PlayStation camera, it gives you a little box with, like, mm. your photo in it and, like, hey, conversation will stream down the side here. But on, uh, like, with all the overlays and stuff, isn't that all done through, like, OBS and, like, Stream Deck? Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. unless they build that into the into the thing and they give you, like, Elgato-level quality, I don't think that's going to work. Like, it'd be cool. And again, like Del, like Dell said, like I would see Xbox doing that way before I'd see PlayStation doing it, just because of like they have Mixer and there's like no stream delay or anything like that, right? So, 
You know, this is a hard one for me because there was a whole host of streamers born by just pressing the go live button on PlayStation. Yeah. I think that they they really brought a lot of people to streaming that wouldn't have done it over otherwise just because they had that built-in native capability and it was so easy to just get a PlayStation camera. They were sold out and hard to find for a long time because they were so popular and you could literally just boom, hit the go live button and be streaming instantly on Twitch or or YouTube or there was like some other some other platform. I forgot what it's called, but they got rid of it. Um and I think that it would be a huge get for them to actually put a little bit more uh, effort into being able to customize your stream from your PlayStation, not having to have a PC or OBS or running anything else. Um, I think that they were kind of the pioneers in, in this front with the streaming when it came to the way they set it up for PS4. And I think they really could, you know, bring even more people into it with the PS5 if they added a little bit more custom customization and, and ability to kind of control your stream a little bit better from a, from an overlay perspective and really, you know, put a stamp on that. Um, will they? Yeah. Hard to say. It's really hard to say. I, I think that it'll be easier to stream. I think that that's something that they that they definitely have in mind just because of how big it is. So I think it'll be even easier to stream, and hopefully they'll they'll also be able to integrate with Mixer. Um, Microsoft does like to play with everybody because it's like it's our platform. The more people we can get on our platform, whether it's on PlayStation or Xbox or Switch, it's bringing them to Mixer. So I would I would think that Microsoft would also. Um, allow mixer integration unless Sony somehow decides to have their own streaming platform, which Sony is known to do. They love their proprietary stuff. So it'll be really interesting to see what, how the evolution of streaming from PlayStation, you know, evolves what it turns into. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what that, what that will look like this, this, this next gen. All right. Last question is uh, from Chaffee on Twitter. You said there's a rumor going around that the DualShock 5 will have offset sticks. I couldn't corroborate that at all. So, Chaffee, I think you're full of lies. Um, but I think you know that. We believe that. Uh, <laughs> so, what do you guys feel about the offset sticks? Me, personally, I can't stand offset sticks. I, I, I like my parallel sticks. My thumbs are the same length on each hand. They both rest nice in the middle. When I have the offset sticks, it actually gives me a hand cramp depending on the game that I'm playing. So, I am all against the offset sticks. What, what, how do you feel about them, Haley? Uh, I mean, the Xbox controller has offset sticks, and I don't really have a problem with it, but, like, I'm so used to them being, like, right beside each other on the PlayStation. It's, of course, my preferred place to play. Um, I really only use my Xbox for, like, 4K uh, Blu-rays or, um, like, the Xbox exclusives. So, like, I don't really need the offset sticks, and I don't really play shooters, like, first-person shooters that much, um, except for Doom or Wolfenstein, and that's about it. Like, I don't play Call of Duty online. I don't need any of that stuff. Um, I will say, though, that, like, I've been very tempted to get the Astro C40, I think it is, the controller there, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure that has offset sticks, doesn't it? It has customizable sticks, so you can have them offset, or you can actually take the sticks out and put them back to the traditional PlayStation. Okay, so like the Elite controller for the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Devin? Do you care? Nah. <laughs> I, I care, <laughs> but it's not It's not like I'll, oh, they offset the sticks. 
I can't play this anymore. Yeah, I was like, okay. It, it, it's it's cool whether they do it or not. I think the best option probably would be would to offer both options in terms of like, okay, mm-hmm. we have, like it probably comes with a standard controller, but you can also buy an offset controller if you really want that. I think yeah. that's fine. Like it's not a world-changing, world-shattering deal to me. It neither breaks or breaks. And I can play with an offset or I can play with a regular controller. I think I prefer standard like PS4 controller like I play with the Xbox controller, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is okay, but I, I'm not a big fan of it. But either way, it's fine with me. It's not gonna like take me away from out of the experience or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I I would say that I would I, I really would like to see them come out with an actual PlayStation Elite type controller. I don't know if you guys have, have paid attention or seen, but the Elite Two controller for for the Xbox, a lot of people are saying it's oh. like the greatest controller they've ever played with, ever felt. And I would really like to see Sony have an actual official, not third party, yeah. but official PlayStation 5 Elite controller, especially with all the things they were saying about the improvements that they've made to the DualShock 5 for the PS5. I really would like to see them have an Elite version of that that has a little bit more customizable uh, feel to the controller um, and maybe the paddles on the back as well, because I just think that it, it's it's fine time like they, they've had several different elite models but never made by playstation you have the astro there's a couple of razor controllers out there i think there's also a nyko controller that mm, uh, yeah. is considered elite and i really really would like to see sony get into that game as well that would be cool yeah i love my controllers as does donnie he he oh my god he buys so many controllers it's not even funny my favorite thing was seeing how much he had to sell to like get that that <laughs> elite series 2 controller it's just like man i don't even have that much stuff to sell for it well, like uh if i could if that controller wasn't 300 dollars here because the canadian dollar sucks and again, I'd like to apologize if anybody can hear my cat screeching outside the door right now because I've shut it and not let her in. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, the the controller is so expensive here. Like the Astro C40 is like two sixty nine here, and I'm pretty sure the Elite Series One is now like two fifty. I don't even want to know what the Series Two is. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll give it's you a guys a shocking admission. I have a customized controller. Uh-huh. I have um a Bumblebee one. Because when they had um I think what the company's called? It starts with an S. But Scuff? Yes. They okay. had a promotion. Scuff gaming, yeah. Yeah, they had a promotion when the Bumblebee movie came out where you can buy a customizable Bumblebee controller for like two hundred bucks and it was only like I think something like five hundred they made. So I bought one. Mm. It's a cool controller. I like it a lot, but I didn't buy it for like, oh, I need, I need to get some gaming. I just bought it because like, this is a pretty cool customizable controller. I think this is awesome. So I just went out and bought it. I splurged on myself, and I, I love the controller personally. It's a really smooth controller. It feels good. It's comfortable. And one of my favorite things is Transformers. So it doesn't mind. It'd have been better for Optimus Prime, but Bumblebee will do. Nice. Do you ever use any of the, the, the paddles on the back for jumping or anything in any games? Or? I don't even know what any of that stuff does. <laughs> I haven't yeah. even tried yeah. any of it. Yeah, that does not surprise me. You have like you have like the custom <laughs> controller and you don't use any of the custom features. No. I, I did change out the sticks a little bit and use them a little, the different mm-hmm. sticks. So I think that's cool, but that's the only thing I probably did. Oh, man. 
next time you play a game that is actually like a shooter, like if you happen to pick up like Modern Warfare or anything, if you ever do go online, see what it's like to actually not have to take your thumbs off the sticks and you can jump. You can actually just jump with the back paddles. It just gives you like that extra split second of, of being able to keep, you know, your your line of sights aimed on somebody instead of having to take them off to jump. So well, that's cool. it, it, it definitely helps um, when it comes to the online setting, like actually getting in a firefight, not having to take your thumb off the aim. So you can always just have it lined up on them. It helps a lot. It's pretty cool. I'll check it out. For sure. Moving right along, let's get into a couple of news stories from this week. Uh, so, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, there was, I think it was an investor's call with Activision, and they're tired of uh, being, you know, labeled the loot box king, basically. Yeah. So, they have decided to take all of the little, you know, microtransactions and whatnot, like really out, the loot boxes and everything out of Call of Duty. Uh, they will have a battle pass, but everything else is going to be cosmetic in the game. You can earn it in game. There will not be the loot crates and the loot drops and everything. And I think that is like crazy because Call of Duty was kind of like what started a lot of the microtransactions. Yeah. And for them to say, you know what? People aren't liking this. Like they actually are listening to consumers and they're the people really don't like all of this, these microtransactions and whatnot in the game. They just want to play the game and progress in the game. So what do you guys think about this? Is this exciting? Are either one of you even looking to pick up Call of Duty next week? Oh, I am picking not. It up or in the future? Okay. Uh, I'm not looking to pick it up, but I just got to say, though, like, they're, they're looking to get rid of their microtransactions, but, um, like, you started it all. Like, this whole problem is kind of because of you and then i don't know how i feel about paying 60 in the states or here in canada 80 bucks for a game and then having to buy a battle pass on top of that like like i get dlc maps or whatnot but they've said those are going to be free this time right um mm. that's pretty excessive like i don't have a problem buying the battle pass in like fortnite because the game is free I can just open it yeah. and not have to worry about it. But with with Call of Duty, I got to pay out the butt for it. And then I got to pay on top of that to actually like progress in the multiplayer and unlock stuff. Well, now you don't. I mean, they're getting rid of that. Like you did, everything is done progressing in game. Like you don't need to do any of that. They're getting rid of all the loot boxes. They're not getting rid of microtransactions entirely. Like they will still have them on the store and that's going to be cosmetic stuff only. None of the actual progression, all the progression is done in game. And that's just a complete like flip from what it used to be. Yeah. So. Cause I remember with their old loot boxes, they used to add new weapons to them. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And like, I think black ops three was the biggest problem, but they added like a gun that was like a laser cannon and would one shot you. And it was a shotgun. And it was like, this gun is way OP, and it's a random RNG chance, so not everyone's going to get the chance to have it. Yeah. What, what do you think? Since you're going to be picking it up, Delvin, are you, are you excited about the, the getting rid of the loot boxes and just having more of a battle pass where you're just progressing through the battle pass and unlocking stuff as you play? You know, I'm fine with that. I'm, fine, I'm actually fine with either or, because I understand the company has to make money, and I'd rather them 
charges like hey you can buy this optional stuff to make your experience better as opposed to like hey we're bringing the prices of the games up to $80 because we're not making enough money on this game so in terms of that type of stuff I'm fine with it as long as it doesn't like okay the next call to now is $80 and we also have a battle pass you know Mm. I think there's kind of ebbs and flows with things when they go out I think this is kind of the response to how people been acting in loot boxes because look how Anthem Mm. got it (laughs) Anthem got hit um, Battlefront 2 got hit where people were like nah we don't want this and I think Activision is kind of acting in their own way like let's kind of kind of move away from this so we don't get hit like that and I think Call of Duty is arguably their biggest franchise so they want to mm-hmm. keep, keep their face clean and I think this is a good step in the right direction yeah I'm a fan of it I like it Destiny kind of did something similar where uh, you buy a season pass or whatnot. And you're going to have two different like loot streams. You have your loot stream as you level up, you're going to get stuff. If you have the premium or the battle pass or the season pass, you'll unlock like something every level. But then they also have one where you don't even have to have the battle pass and every five or seven levels or something like that. You're also unlocking stuff as well. So eventually you, you just by just by playing the game, you will unlock everything. But if you have the battle pass, you also have access to additional content in the season as well as more unlocks. But I think it's cool that they, they found a way to kind of get rid of the, the, the loot box mentality and have more of a, hey, this is exactly what you're going to get as you're playing through the game. This is exactly what you're going to get with the premium like battle pass or whatever they want to call it. So I think I think it's a it's a better medium than what we had before when it was just like microtransaction and loot box city. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've come a long way, man. We had those, those pesky online passes. Then we had all the microtransactions and loot box and surprise mechanics. And uh, now we have the battle pass. So we'll see how this continues to evolve, but I think that it is a, a good move for call of duty. I think people just really want to get their unlocks in that game by just playing the game. I want to get all my weapon attachments and everything just by playing the game. So I think this is a really, really good step in the right direction for them. Yeah, I agree. Makes sense. Now, with the Destiny Battle Pass, is it tied to your light level or like actual character level? It's it's tied to it has its own XP. So it used to be like as you leveled up in Destiny, you would after every level you'd hit you would get a what they called a bright Ingram. Mm-hmm. And that was just going to be like some cosmetic stuff. So now your XP, instead of just not knowing what it is or how nebulous it is or where it's at, it's all tied. It, once you hit like max level or whatnot, um, it's tied into the battle pass. So you level up this battle pass uh, as you play the game. Every single level is the same amount of experience points. It's 100,000 points every single level. So yeah, every time you get 100,000 100, experience points, whether that be from turning in bounties, killing things, uh, doing different story missions, raid, whatever, you just continue to just keep leveling up, leveling up. And every level, boom, it's, you level up, you leveled up, and here's whatever comes for that level, whether it's a, a bright Ingram, some kind of little XP, uh, a, a, a exotic, or whatever, some gear. So you're just constantly leveling up. So it just gives a little bit more incentive to while you're playing, you're still earning stuff in game. So, that's pretty cool. All right. I, I like it. I, I think it just adds a little bit more uh, incentive to play, to just get out there and just, just play the game, and you will earn things in-game. So I, I like that mechanic a lot. <coughs> All right, so moving right along. Fortnite Chapter 2. So Fortnite kind of broke the internet. Um, it was just huge. 
people did not know what was going on unless you were really in tune and had saw that there was a leak for chapter two coming out. But essentially, it seemed as though Epic had decided, okay, Fortnite is over with. We've deleted the game. It turned into a black hole, like literally everything just got sucked into a black hole. And I think they streamed for like 24 hours, literally just the black hole until everything spit back out of the black hole. And it was Fortnite chapter two uh, with a whole new area, uh, new lands, new, new loot, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And it was just it created a lot of a lot of fanfare um, to the point where you've got Lady Gaga tweeting, what is Fortnite? And her having a little back and forth with uh, Ninja because then he chimed in and she was like, who are you? Yeah, and he was like, <laughs> asterisk. Yeah, I, I think that was a really cool little moment that'll go down in history as, you know, some something that was you know cool with gaming. The way that they built up this little, like, hype. Like, what happened? Kids are crying because they think all oh, their Fortnite stuff is gone, all their transactions are gone, There's it, it, the game has been deleted. Thanks for playing. Uh, and everybody was in suspense, like, what's, what, when's chapter two coming? What's going on? When can I play the next season? Uh, so I thought this was, was really cool the way they did that, the way they built the hype and had everybody talking about Fortnite. Did you guys pay any attention? Do you guys even care about Fortnite? Uh, uh, do you think things was interesting at all? I mean, I played Fortnite pretty regularly, uh, during like, I guess what would be considered chapter one. From, like, the first time they started putting out the Battle Pass, so I think, like, Season 3, I started playing. And then I think I fell off around the time they did the Halloween-ish Battle Pass. Um, and then I'd come back in occasionally when they'd update the map in some crazy cool way. Like, the cube that, like, bounced around the map or whatnot, or, mm-hmm. or like, the floating island. But then with this... Um, I was on my way to my grandparents when I guess the map became a black hole and then it came back on Tuesday of this week, I believe. Um, and it was just a whole new map. Now I, I say whole new map. There's a couple points of interest from the old map on this one. Um, and Epic likes to name them like crazy crazy names like you've got like sweaty sands or like (laughs) like uh wailing woods stuff like that right so there's like retail row pleasant park um and i forget the other two that are still there but like they were from the old map and they're here on this one but then the rest of them are all new um you can swim now you can fish um you can upgrade your weapons with like you pick up loot drops and they're done like rarity style like common epic uh whatnot and like uh it's just it's very interesting the way they've done this um the only thing i don't like about chapter two is as i mentioned at the top of the show uh i picked up the new battle pass and it's not the way the battle pass used to go now epic had said that this would be a season of uh, more fun, less growing. But to me, it feels the opposite. Like, I'm having fun playing, but it's taking forever to level up the Battle Pass because mm. it's it's done the Rocket League way. So Rocket League's um, Rocket Pass, as they call it, um, is every time you level up, you level up your pass. And that's what's happening here. Whereas before... It used to be tied to battle stars, 
Hmm. Well, I mean, I think it's cool. I I I think that what they did was really awesome. It's kind of sucks that the battle pass takes forever to, to like level up, but I think with just the amount of game that uh, is there, how much people play Fortnite, I imagine that it, it eventually will feel like it's moving at a better clip. Uh, or they just think that people play so much Fortnite that they can have it take as long as it does. But I think it's cool that they continue to evolve this game. Like I don't play Fortnite, you know, at all. But I do think what they've done with the game and the constant progression and the change in the world is really cool. The way they've this game just seems to continue to play and continue to draw players in and have little changes and, and things here and there to keep the game fresh. Yeah. Any, anything to add at all, Devin? Yeah. I, I like to thank Haley's cat for being the fourth chair in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I am, on Fortnite. <laughs> I am uh I am really sorry. Um she does not like to be left alone, but I also know that she'll like to like try and grab my attention if I have her in the room, which is it's like a lose lose situation, so I'm really sorry, Kevin, when you're editing this. It's quite delightful to me. I'm over here cracking up to the cat like, I know you hear me. <laughs> I can hear I can hear my mom in the other room telling my cat to shut up. <laughs> but to add to the Fortnite thing, I think it's an incredible feat of marketing. I think it's so. All right, cool ho- hold on, guys. I'm I'm just open this door one sec. Go ahead, go for it. I keep going out. I think this is an incredible feat of marketing. I think it's really cool they did this idea where oh Fortnite's over with and these kids are crying, make me laugh. And it's the whole premise of it And the whole black hole And have people staring at this black hole For hours Like wondering when does the game come back on When does the game come back It's it's a brilliant piece of marketing So whoever came with that idea Kudos to you I think it's cool I think the fact that they've added It's always just so you can come back And play the game more Like oh it's chapter 2 now It's new and exciting They've always been good at Adding things like that Like the whole Thanos thing coming in And the whole Mm-hmm. Snapping. I think they're very good at doing that. It's attributed to how they run this game since the beginning in terms of this game when it came out flopped. <laughs> like the original yeah. version of Fortnite flopped really bad. And they kind of brought it back from the dead and made it like a mega success. And kudos to them for that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I always wonder <clears throat> if the plan was always to really have the battle royale game be front and center or if like the actual campaign was something that they thought was going to take off you never know because i i remember seeing that and thinking like the actual campaign version that was actually pretty cool like i was more interested in that than i was i own it it's not fun far really yeah it's it's uh it's not fun also Hmm. you have to remember that when this game launched it didn't have the battle royale mode um they, they only made it after PUBG came out yeah Hmm. And now it's the the king of the hill, basically. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard mention of PUBG in months until I just mentioned it. Right. Oh, PUBG, we hardly knew you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, our last story will also segue into our story of the week, and that is that Death Stranding has gone gold. The review copies apparently are already out in the wild, Mm -hmm. and the embargo lifts one week before the game comes out. So first, how do you guys feel about 
the review for that game going like live a week before most consumers will be able to even get into it. Do you guys care about spoilers for games like that? Would you rather see the review come out the day the game comes out? Or are you guys good with learning about this game a week ahead of launch? Um, Sorry, what you did. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, that's like, uh, not related to Death Stranding, but the Outer Worlds review embargo lifts on Tuesday and the game comes out on Friday. So, um, <clears throat> with the Death Stranding thing, like, I know Greg Miller has it, I know Jeff Keighley has it, um, I'm, I mean, I'm cool with them having it, like, this early, it, this way it gives them time to, like, finish the game and get, like, accurate thoughts on it. Most of the time, though, with re- with review embargoes, they're very specifically not allowed to spoil uh, spoil key parts of the game. There might be slight spoilers here and there because, of course, if you're talking about a review, you're gonna have to talk about features and like mechanics, <clears throat> which could, of course, um, contain slight spoilers because there is the subset of the internet that's like, "Oh, you told me something I didn't know was in this game. That's a spoiler. How dare you!" Right. Um, but otherwise. That's pretty standard for PlayStation releases. Like, I think the review embargo for Spider-Man was a week before its release. I believe Days Gone's review embargo was a week before release. Um, I don't, I don't really well, know. To be clear, it's pretty standard for PlayStation when the game is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if the game I mean, is da- bad, you don't hear about it till maybe the day it comes out, if that. Well, I mean, Days Gone was pretty good. And its review still came out, but everybody else didn't really like it, right? Like yeah, it was one of true. they did it was put one, days going dirty because I think people, if I'm correct, remember that story correctly. People got the game, the review copy of the game of an unfinished game, essentially, and then they dropped the update when the game came out that basically finished off the game, and they didn't get to play that version of the game. Yeah, but Borderlands Three was the same way, especially with the way Epic did it, right? Like. They like um, I know Greg mentioned this. They had to turn down review copies for um, for Borderlands because they were all on PC. It was just through the mm-hmm. Epic Store. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, like Days Gone did get done dirty. Now, of yeah. course, it's worked out well for Ben because it's their best-selling game ever. And actually, um, <clears throat> they. I haven't seen confirmed reports of this, but apparently they're on pre-production for the next game. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, uh, like with Death Stranding, here's hoping it reviews well. Like, like I've said before, I'm not really interested in it. Yeah. I'm super interested. Me, you go ahead first. Yeah, Dan. so, if you're, no, I'm, I'm going to let you go first, because if you're super interested in it, like, when it comes to a game that you really, really want to play, do you actually read the reviews and stuff if it's going to be a week before the game comes out do you read the reviews at all before you play the game or would you rather actually get into the game and then maybe read a review a little bit later i usually always read the reviews as long as they're spoiler free just to get a feel how people feel about it like i want to i look at the metacritic and stuff to see if it's at um in the 80s or 90s to see how people feel about the game because i think it's important to know like okay know what i'm getting into either the set my expectations high or the six man expectations mm-hmm. really low. Like if I see a game like um, like for example, Days Gone, Days Gone was mm-hmm. like at a really low metal critic at one point, and um, I said, okay, let me set my expectations based on that. So when I played it, I had a completely different experience. I was more impressed than 
didn't let down if anything because I was like, oh, this is actually really good. I can see right. certain parts of it where people are like, okay, this is a little weird, but otherwise than that, I, I enjoyed the game a lot, and I think I think that's what reviews are for. Now, when you go to reviews, you should look at who you like and who you kind of what type of gamer you are and who you kind of relate to. Mm-hmm. I think that's the cool thing about this podcast. <laughs> All three of us have three different personalities. All three of us have three different tasted games. We know what we like, so maybe this is a Devin type game. So maybe if you're a fan of Devin stuff that Devin likes, go to that. Maybe it's a Haley type game. You're a fan of her stuff, or maybe it's my type of game. But it's cool to have people that you can kind of flock towards to know what you what they expect from them and what type of games that you like. No. For me, I've never been a fan of reading reviews of games that I actually want to play. I don't like to have my expectations or thought of a game skewed in any way by somebody else's thoughts of the game. I typically will only read preview stuff <coughs> um, and then maybe read reviews or look at review scores after I've already played the game and made my own kind of decision on how I feel about it. Because a lot of times you'll go into something, you'll read reviews, and then that kind of changes your expectation level based on somebody else's experience with the game. And you can either go in with super low expectations and be like, oh my God, no, this game was actually great. Or you go in with those high expectations because somebody else liked it, and then it ends up letting you down because it's not what you wanted from the game. So for me, I've I've never been a fan of super early reviews because one, some of that can be spoilery. And then two, I just kind of like to have my own expectations of what I want from the game, not kind of skewed by anybody else's feelings on it. And then I'll go back and read the review and see if I agree or disagree with somebody in that in that in that way. But um, I'm all for it being out there because there are people who do really appreciate those those reviews before they can actually get into a game. Um, and as far as people who get her who complain, oh, my God, how would you put that out of spoilers? You have the option to not read it. Yeah. yeah. Like you can easily just not click the link. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. So, segueing right into our story of the week, as Haley said, Greg Miller has a copy. Jeff Keeley has a copy. Lots of other people have copies, but you know who didn't get a copy? Colin Moriarty. He tweeted out, "We've been asked a ton." So no, Chris Reagan and I don't have Death Stranding. PlayStation has blacklisted sacred symbols for reasons entirely unknown, so we won't be getting anything from them moving forward. We're happy to buy it or buy any game and treat it fairly so it's no biggie. So apparently Colin has been blacklisted. There's been a lot of controversy around him ever since his departure from Kinda Funny. He used to be the PlayStation darling. People really went to him to get a really in-depth review of a lot of PlayStation games. So it's kind of, you know, a crazy thought that, you know, we're at this point where Carlin doesn't get PlayStation games when he, like, I really look at Colin as, like, the PlayStation guy. He has probably the number one PlayStation podcast out there in the Sacred Symbols podcast, and for him to be blacklisted and not be able to get a copy of the game, I think it's crazy. Um, I know this really set a chord with you, Delvin, so give me your thoughts on this whole situation and, and how you feel about not only him being blacklisted, but just in the media in general, people being blacklisted from Kotaku not getting stuff or if it's Polygon or, or even Colin here not being able to, you know, get a copy of a game or really being blacklisted from from the gaming media world. I think when you do things like that, it's a dangerous game you kind of play 
in terms of who you allow to get content and who you don't allow to get content because it opens up doors for you to get criticized in terms of like for a perfect example PewDiePie he is the perfect example of all mm. this he's one of the biggest YouTubers in the world but he has done some and said some far more controversial things than Colin Moriarty has ever said or done oh yeah for sure but I guarantee you he's getting a copy of Death Stranding you know that's the type of things where you open yourself up for criticism and I feel like in gaming, there's kind of hypocrisy of there's people that you can tell that people don't like, so they kind mm-hmm. of gang up on him. And it's and I think it shouldn't really be like that in terms of whether you like Colin or not. He has the number one PlayStation podcast out there right now. We're soon to be number two, at least maybe number one. But <laughs> but um, I think when you sit there and you openly show that well, we're not going to support this person at all. Yeah, it's not a it's not necessarily a big deal in terms of. You PlayStation, but this, like I said, this is a thing that could totally backfire where people can, because he, like I said, Colin has millions of fans. Let's call a spade a spade. He has a bunch of fans, and they're like, they look to him for content. They look for him for reviews and things like that. And when you sit there and you ostracize somebody, let's just say that um somebody else who PlayStation likes gets to some controversy. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna blacklist that person? And if you don't blacklist that person, people are gonna Why look is at Colin blacklisted. Exactly, and I think that's kind of the slippery slope. I, and it's and to keep it real, to be honest, this is it's video games. If you're not doing right. anything too flagrant, why just not give them the game? And all that he's really doing is supporting, to promote, promote your game. It, I don't think it's really necessary. To, I always felt it stupid to black per- ball people when you talk about video gamers. When you talk about video I mean, games, I think it's stupid. I mean, like uh, Jim Sterling is blacklisted by like Activision and I think Bethesda at this point um and it's it's just insane to me now on the Colin topic um I want to be clear here I support Colin on Patreon so you'll take my opinions on this with a grain of salt just just to be totally upfront. um huge fan of Colin um even before kind of funny um now I may not agree with him politically on everything and that's fine that's that's how that works but he like Dell has said, is like one of the number one PlayStation guys out there. Like he knows his stuff. Um, I love Sacred Symbols. It's great to listen to. And to hear that he was blacklisted is actually jarring to me because I don't know if many people know this, but like Colin is like really good friends with uh, Neil Druckmann as far as like the way it's made to seem on the show. Now this may be wrong, so I'm not entirely sure. But like, just like he 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 mentions that like he goes to lunch with them sometimes or whatnot, or he'll have a meal. So the fact that he's blacklisted by PlayStation and probably won't get a review co- copy of The Last of Us Part Two is jarring to me. Um, like his his political opinion should have nothing to do with him receiving a game from PlayStation to review. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. Like yeah. I think my favorite thing from this entire thing was some guy came at him about his tweet that was like, I've been asked. He's like, and the guy quote tweeted the tweet and was like, for reasons entirely unknown, dude, you made a sexist joke, yada, 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 yada. And Colin came back at him like with a, <coughs> sorry, well thought out reply that was like, I'm followed by like people of like all political leanings, like liberal, Republican, um, Democrat, etc. Um, gay, straight, bi, what, like, whatever. Like, you don't know my audience. You can't claim they're all terrible people. 
like that's what this guy was trying to do and like mm-hmm. he's he's insinuating that because Colin is the bad guy now um his audience is bad too and it's like that has no relation to him receiving a review copy like I don't even know where that guy was going with it but Colin just like thoughtfully replied and and was like I mean that should have no bearing on it but you don't know my audience I just think it's stupid that he's blacklisted honestly like being blacklisted is ridiculous like Kotaku is blacklisted by Bethesda and Ubisoft very dumb yeah. Yeah. I think when it's kind of like um I don't want to get too political about this, but it's kind of like so, trying to silence in the media type thing. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. can't really say that you want media to be take your games and stuff seriously, but when they try to take your game seriously, oh, we don't want to hear from you no more. We're going to blacklist you and not have you on any of our stuff. It, you can't have it both right. ways. You can't call on the media to promote your game and to talk about all the good things you do when you do things right, like the whole activism thing when they're doing this whole thing that people love. The whole, we're going to get rid of loot boxes and stuff like that. They want media to, to, to promote that. But at the same time, you're going to sit there and say, oh, we don't like this story about us, so we're not going to support you anymore. You got to kind of take it both ways. You got to take the good with the bad. When you make a mistake, members of the media should be allowed to critique you on that mistake. And on the same time, when you do something good, members of the media should be able to praise you and say, this is an awesome thing that they're doing. And I yeah. think when you sit there and blacklist people like, today is Colin Moriarty. Tomorrow, who knows it could, who it could be? It could be somebody. It could be one of us. It could be this podcast. They're like, oh, we don't like what they said about this. And we're not going to support, even though they're not supporting us in any form, fashion right now. But we don't know what the future can right, hold. Right, I think right, that, the, yeah, right. You know, I think it's a very slippery and dangerous slope that companies go down when they kind of go down this road. Now, there's there's differences to this, obviously. So, like when you're promoting hate speech or something like that, that's a whole yeah. different mm-hmm. different connotation whatsoever but if you're just talking about video games <laughs> this is what we're Sorry. blacklist people from like this is it's absurd yeah I, I agree I think it's absolutely insane that you would blacklist anybody it's media you gotta take your lumps you gotta take the good with the bad and, and that's the only way to have a truth like if everything is always all good and that's all you're gonna promote is the good then you're living a lie you have to be able to take the good with the bad. And again, there's nothing that Colin has ever said or tweeted that has been downright hateful or anything that should have gotten him, you know, blacklisted. He's entitled to his own opinion. And whether you agree with him or agree with his political stance should have no bearing on whether or not he is blacklisted as a media person for reviewing video games. His political views, whatever they are, have no bearing on whether or not he likes a game. You know, yeah, he plays video games. He, the amount of just work that he's done for PlayStation, just the depth and breadth of his body of work alone, should have him as like one of the PlayStation guys. He has the number one PlayStation podcast. He's got millions of followers um, from all walks of life yes for him to be blacklisted for people to attack him and and i have the tweet it was he said for reasons entirely unknown in quotes and it says you've spent years alienating everyone in your field with your terrible judgment behavior and opinions and now your only audience is an echo chamber of hateful sycophants which with sony wants no association with a lot of people replied to that tweet as well saying yeah i don't agree with Colin and his politics and all of that but 
I enjoy Colin and his commentary and his 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 thoughtfulness and what he brings to the table in terms of, of PlayStation. Yeah, I don't agree with him, but just because I don't agree with him doesn't mean that we can't all have discourse, yeah, and get along and, and be civil. And I, I, it's just crazy that you would attack him in that manner and not allow him to have his side and, and feel like, oh, just because I don't like you, that means you're terrible. So then you're, what is your opinion? Why should we listen to you if that's if that's how you're going to attack the situation? Yeah, Colin definitely responded to that tweet very thoughtful. Like, you don't know my audience. For you to say that it really means that you are speaking out of a place of ignorance. If that's what you think my audience is, you really have no idea. Yeah, I think uh, this situation kind of hits me harder because my whole thing is diversity. My whole thing is right. my whole podcast is based off of reaching to the other side and hearing their opinion on things and learning more about them. And when you kind of stifle one of those voices and not offer any recourse behind that, it kind of bothers me. Like yeah. my whole thing is to reach the other side, we have to know what they're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when you constantly sit there and shut that other side out to not understand what they're going through and why they feel that way, you will never get a satisfactory conclusion to any situation you ever have. Period. Right. Absolutely. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, put a pin in that for right now. Yes, Colin Moriarty, PlayStation dude, blacklisted. Eh. Hopefully, uh, you know, there's some kind of resolve to this and. Colin can continue to be the PlayStation guy. All right, so moving along, let's talk about the games that are coming out next week. Uh, as always, uh, the blog, PlayStation blog, has dropped all the games coming out, but I just want to highlight a couple. Um, so next week we've got Call of Duty: Modern Warfare. Super excited we've for got that. Mi- oh yeah, we've got Medieval. We've got The Outer Worlds. Heck yes. And we have. A little gem called WWE 2K20. Did you guys see the screen? Yeah, did you guys see the screenshot for this game? Yeah, I was uh, gonna bring that up. Yeah, uh, it's uh, somebody's running some flim flam on this game (laughs) because I've seen all these screenshots, right? Yeah, I went to GameStop yesterday and they ran a trailer for the game in GameStop that they're playing, and it looks fantastic. So I don't know what they're doing. But either I'm going to get this game be really disappointed or super surprised. Or, yeah. I mean, to be fair, most game trailers are done like CGI and not in-engine. Um, except I think I've seen exclusives like consistently be in-engine trailers. Um, but like, It looked like it was in-engine, in to be fair. It, it looked like the screenshots look like you played out a van together and built a wrestler out of him. And I'm not sure that's a great way to be, like, advertising your WWE franchise. I'm not a wrestling person, so, like, apologies if I'm overstepping. But, like, while I'm not a fan of these games, they've always looked pretty decent for the time. This looks horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Like Delvin said, like, there's something going on, and I don't know if those screenshots were legit what the game looks like, but if it is... How is that even possible for it to look? I saw a clip of the hair physics, bad. and they look worse than I've ever oh, seen man. hair physics. This like this woman has like a twelve foot long ponytail, and like it's not bending and moving; it's just all one strand, just moving with her hand. And it's just like, how? How have you done this? Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting. <sighs> it's gonna be really yeah, interesting so- to happen with this. 
I'm going to need you when you get the game delve to post screenshots or video or something. So we know that it, it, it either legit looks really good or legit looks like a PlayStation two game. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. That's not a problem at all. Cause yeah, I, I just, I, from what I saw, I can't even imagine it looking like that. Oh God. It was so, it was terrible. Oh man, it was terrible those screenshots. Yeah. So preferably it doesn't actually look that bad. And that was just like maybe some really, really early code or something. Maybe. Yeah. Um super excited but, uh, for the outer worlds though. Can't wait oh, for yeah. that. So yeah, Outer Worlds, uh that drops what Friday, right? Yep, and I've got it uh got it pre ordered and ready to ready well, I, I had to download it when it becomes available for preload, but I'll have it ready for Friday and hopefully get some impressions on next week's show. Oh, we're gonna have a good show next Absolutely. week because we're gonna you're gonna talk oh, about yeah. the outer world. We're talking about WWE 2K20 and probably and um, Con- Concrete Genie. Concrete Genie. And probably because uh, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna play Modern Warfare this week because I love the story yeah. mode of the Call of Duty games. So that's the first thing I'm gonna probably tackle. And then usually not that long. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking about possibly giving that a, a red box rental because then I can just play it and be done with it. But I really want to play it on PC. I know that's blasphemy. This is a PlayStation podcast, but man, oh man! I mean, the way it, that it, game if looks. We're being woof. honest. This is this is a PlayStation podcast, but we all love games. Doesn't matter where you play yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I'm, I'm like I said, I prefer PlayStation, but I love playing games everywhere. Yeah. Outer Worlds looks really good. Um, it gives me when I look at the game, it gives me that Bioshock Infinite, uh, like Fallout Three, just kind of look and feel. Like the tone of the game feels yeah. like that, and that has me really excited. I know the gameplay and everything isn't going to be like like a Bioshock or whatnot, but just that tone and feel uh, really has me excited. Um, I I really want to play Modern Warfare. That looks so good. And Modern Warfare, like the original, was like one of my favorite games of all time. So. To be able to kind of relive that in a different, like kind of a reboot with, uh, you know, some of the same characters or whatnot is really exciting. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're, they're campaigns. I love them. They're, they're really, really nice set pieces to play through. Uh, medieval. I don't know if they needed to bring that one back to be perfectly honest. I feel like this game's being sent out to die. Yeah. There hasn't really been any (laughs) big media buzz around it. And we talked about that on last week's episode, how, PlayStation just sometimes just doesn't market games the way they should. Yeah. Or give them the backing. And I haven't really heard much about Medieval at all. Like, I know it's coming, but I haven't seen a, a big media push for it at all. And you would think that if this is, is a beloved franchise from the humble beginnings of PlayStation, you'd think that they would, they would push push a little bit more media push for it. Yeah. So are you either either one of you picking it up or even thinking about playing it? Out of all the uh, new games, the old new games they re-released, this is probably what I look the least forward to, so I probably won't pick it up. I may mm-hmm. pick it up, but I'm I'm not going to kill myself if I don't get it or nothing like that. I, I think uh, it's a cool-looking game. I never played the original. I'm not interested in the remake. Did either of you play the demo? Because I know there was a demo for uh, Medieval uh, a couple weeks ago, I believe. No. I wasn't even interested in that. Like, not at all. <laughs> and, and, and the... The thing about PlayStation, the thing they always do is they kind of set games out to die and they kind of have to either swim or sink on their own. They they did they basically did it with Concrete Genie. They did it with um Until Dawn. They were shocked when Until Dawn did well. So that tells you how yeah. they kind of operate with certain things. They did it with uh what's the other David Cage game that came out? 
Uh, Beyond uh, Two Souls. Beyond, not Beyond Two Souls. That the other one, the, the last one that just came. I can't think of the name of right now. Detroit. Detroit Become Human. They did it with that. This is not a new thing for them to just drop their exclusive game and say nothing about it. You just happen to see it out in the street. Like, whoa, what's going on? But they got to get better with doing that. They promote the yeah. games they want to, like Spider-Man, of course. We've seen ads and stuff everywhere for Spider-Man. God of War is the same way. But then they have their moments like this where you don't hear anything about the game until it comes out. Right. I feel like it's going to be a PlayStation Plus title sooner than later, and I'll play it then, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'll add it to Probably my library. Don't know if I'll play it. Yeah. So, uh, Sir Dan Fortescue, you will not be played by us anytime soon. <laughs> Ah, well, with that, that about does it for episode two of the PlayStation Experience. We hope you enjoyed yourself, learned a little something about us, learned a little something about what's going on in the gamosphere today. Um, so please feel free to holler at us, give us a follow over on the Twitters at PlayStation XP, or stop by our PSV just Discord and just join us in our shenanigans there, our discussions there, whether it be PlayStation, Xbox, my uh nintendo whatever you want to talk about there is a place for you in our psvg discord feel free to join us um so uh, let the people know where they can find you and what you what you're currently working on getting like looking forward to Haley. uh you can follow me uh on twitter and uh your gaming platform of choice at uh Haley zarell for gaming platforms and shepherd zarell for twitter because thanks twitter uh, again for you know, suspending my actual account, <laughs> um, still boggles my mind. Um, but what I'm working on, as I've said, is, uh, you know, in the lead up to Outer Worlds, trying to get that, uh, Fallout 4 Platinum. Don't know if I'm going to achieve that because I work today, I work tomorrow, and I work the day after. And by that point, uh, it'll be ready to preload, um, Outer Worlds. But that's about it. And what about you, Devin? What are you working on? You're the man of 40,000 podcasts. Where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Devin underscore Cox. And check out the Devin Cox experience. Anywhere you get podcasts, I'm working on a Halloween episode. It's going to be pretty cool. Different people giving their perspectives on different scary stories that they've experienced from Halloween, things they've experienced in their town, stuff like that. So it's going to be pretty cool. If I do say so myself, I'll check it out when you get a chance. Excellent, excellent. And as always, you can find me at DevAtias on Twitter and over in our PSVG Discord. And with that, long live play.